Hello, mama. I hope you're having a glorious day. I'm looking out the window and it is windy and chilly and I kind of love it. It's just so cozy. I love summer and the sun and being outside, but, and really I'm a wimp in the cold, so I really don't like going outside in the winter, but I love being inside and being cozy. So I'm feeling blessed right now. I hope that you, wherever you are, whatever the weather is like, that you're feeling blessed too. Uh, Today we're going to continue from the last episode where I started to talk about grief. And I personally, you know, I shared that I haven't walked through some of the big stuff. Like I haven't really felt the full sting of grief as I know some of you have that have walked through some bigger losses. Um, Not that we need to compare or, uh, you know, decide which is biggest or bigger, but I just know that there's some bigger ones that um, at some point in my life I will have to face and many of you are already there. And so you know, I hope that from my experience, I can still um, bless you and I can honor your loss. And I hope that just what I have learned from walking through my seasons of grief, I hope that it can encourage you. And so we're going to continue talking about that today. I have six things that um, I have found to be helpful in seasons of grief. And I hope that that will be um, something that can help guide you when you're not sure where to go or what to do and you're just feeling overwhelmed. So we'll continue that today. Uh, before we jump in, though, the, the whole reason that I am talking about this and we're taking kind of a minute away from our series on the lies that we believe in motherhood is because someone posted in the Facebook group, someone shared about the loss that they experienced. And I just felt so compelled to respond. They asked for an episode talking about grief. And while I don't feel I'm any kind of expert in it, I have some experience and I am excited to share it with you. And so I, whatever you're in the middle of, whatever season you're in, whatever struggle you have, I want to hear about it. Now I can't promise you I'm going to answer you because some things I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like I do not know all things is and if you ever for a second believe that I might you like hope that I will be uh, more transparent because I definitely do not know all things I don't have all the answers um but if I have some experience or I feel the Holy Spirit leading me to that I would love to answer it I would love to do a whole episode just unpacking um those things and so it's so helpful when you hop into the Facebook group and tell me about what it is you want to hear, what what you're in the middle of. So if you're not in there already, please hop in. You can go into Facebook and search for Morning Mama Collective. And um, yeah, just join the group. And I also just love to hear what you share when you hop in. I ask three questions and um, that gives me a little window into where you're at as well. Um, But also just posting in the group, I think is, is so helpful to just share what kind of episodes that you want to hear. So I hope to see you over there. Lauren is the moderator for that group and She's just this amazing uh, New Zealander who is so encouraging and loving, and she does such a great job over there. So I hope to see you, and um, you can also find the link in the show notes for that. So see you there, ready for your episode ideas, and uh, let's hop into today's episode. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. 
Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right, Mama. So we're going to continue our conversation about grief today. And I'm just sharing the six things that I have learned from my seasons of grief that I hope will help guide you in yours. And the last episode I talked about, first of all, just carving out intentional time to process and having like a designated space, a physical designated space, as well as designated time set aside that you know that you're going to go and process during that time. And you can figure out what that frequency needs to be, uh, if it needs to be every night for a while, or if you, if that's too much, at least, you know, once a week for something bigger, or, you know, what that looks like, you know, even for something smaller, at least have one, one time where you go and do this and you, you spend that time processing and crying out to God. And that was the second thing is just to let yourself go all out with your emotions, with your thoughts, with your prayers, all of it, just let it out, scream and cry and, and get on the ground, Like, let yourself go there. That is so important. And don't filter yourself. Don't filter your prayers. Uh, God already knows what you're thinking. Spoiler alert. So (laughs) just just let him talk to him about it and let him walk you back to hope. Like, you, you don't have to do that alone. God can walk you with you back to hope. That's what he wants to do for you. So those are the first two things I wanted to share with you. And then the next thing that I wanted to go to, it kind of connects to the others, but it's just something not to do. So this is so, so important in uh, my eyes is to make sure that you do not numb. That can be so easy in these seasons to want to numb, to want the pain to stop, to not want to think about it, to not want to feel it, to just want to shove it aside. And you know, it's kind of even just something our culture might even say like, oh, you lost someone. Let's go have a drink, right? You need a drink. You got it. You got, you're going through grief. You need a drink. And that is something that I am so careful about. And I want you to be careful about too. Whenever I'm in a moment of grief, you know, I, I love a glass of wine sometimes, but when I'm in the middle of something where I, my emotions are not regulated, where I feel like I need a drink or I need a glass of wine, that is when I do not have it. That is when I make sure I do not let myself go there because that is exactly what can create addiction. And not only that, so so whatever your form of numbing is, whether it's not just alcohol, whether it's alcohol or Netflix or food or pornography or whatever it is, whatever way that you choose to numb, you need to be so cautious. Obviously, some of those things we don't ever want to do, um, even when we're not in pain. But we're, especially those things that are sometimes okay. You know, we can watch some Netflix. Sure. <laughs> we need to eat healthy food. Um, but like using those things to tune out what you're feeling is n- not going to serve you well. 
Now, last episode, I mentioned, you know, as you're scheduling out this time to grieve and this time to process, it's okay to like take some nights off and and watch a funny movie. And so I'm not saying you can't watch any TV at all, but you need to be so aware of why you're doing something and how much you're doing it. Now, alcohol specifically um, and any kind of drugs obviously are so addictive. And so those are especially things we need to be careful of. But you also know yourself. You know what your propensity is. What do you just, even if you're not in a season of grief, if you have a hard day, what do you usually go to? And you need to be really careful in this season to not let that take over. It's, it's a different to numb feelings and suppress them by just watching endless Netflix and, and, and just, you know, every night, that's all you're doing is watching Netflix and, you know, you're just letting it go to the next episode and the next episode or the next episode until you fall asleep. It's different to say, you know what? I need a break from thinking about all of this. I'm going to intentionally choose a funny movie that I know I love or one that I've been wanting to see. It doesn't even have to be funny. It can be sad. Maybe that's going to help you cry. Choose something you enjoy watching and say, I am just going to let myself experience joy, experience sadness, just be just, just chill, right? Like we need to chill sometimes. So it's okay to do that. I'm not saying don't do that, but be so cautious about why you're doing it. Are you doing it to escape that you're avoiding these feelings? Are you doing it? Cause you just want a break to breathe. And, and you have to be really honest about yourself because that line can be really fine. And so just, just, Keep yourself accountable in this season. And I really even encourage you to let someone else in on the things that you struggle with so that they can be checking in on you and asking you how you're doing with that. How are you doing with the, the wine? How are you doing with the Netflix? How are you doing with the food? Like whatever it is and, and have some accountability there as well. Cause yes, one, it can, it can create an addiction, uh, so easily when we, we start using those things as, um, the way that we're getting through something hard, but also it's going to keep you stuck it's going to keep you from being able to fully process what you're in the middle of because we have to process it. If we don't process it, that's how we get stuck. That's how we don't move forward. That's how we are, um, go into depression. That's how we go into anxiety is because we're not allowing ourselves to feel these things and think about these things and, and, and let these emotions go through us. And I think sometimes people avoid it because they're scared that it's going to overtake them. They're scared that the emotions are too big and they can't handle it and it's going to be too much. But really it's, it's kind of the opposite is true is that if we don't let them come, we don't think through them and let ourselves go there. That's when it becomes too much. That's when it gets stacked up and, and we don't know how to deal with it anymore. Now, maybe the emotions right now, maybe you're not in a healthy space. Maybe you have, um, some depression going on. You already had it when the grief, the, the loss came. Um, maybe it's, you just aren't in a healthy space because of the severity of the loss. And so if you need some help to process through these emotions, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but you go to, go to a therapist, like do not hesitate to do that. If, if it's too much for you to do alone, that's okay, but don't just avoid it. Like make sure you're processing. If you need to do it with someone else, that is great. Just make sure you're processing and make sure you are not numbing because that is going to keep you stuck. You have to wade through it. I know it is hard and can feel scary and overwhelming and so painful, but that is the only way out. Okay. So my next one is 
connected to that as well, just what I was saying. And so number four is bring in others. So there I was specifically referring to like a professional, bring in a therapist, a counselor, a pastor, some kind of leadership to help you wade through this. Yes. But also, or if you don't feel the need for that kind of support, this still applies to you. No matter who you are, you need to have people in on this journey with you. And I, I think you need a couple of different kinds of people. So the first kind of person that I believe that you need is you need someone that you feel safe to cry with, that you can just let yourself go there with them. You know, after my miscarriage, this was my husband. I, he finally came home and, you know, I, as much as I love talking about emotions, <laughs> I love talking about my emotions after they're over. And I love talking about other people's emotions, even in the middle of them. But I don't love like talking about my emotions in the middle of it. And I don't love showing people it in the middle of it, which is seems contradictory because I love emotions so much. But as much as I love other people to be vulnerable, it still can be challenging for me to be vulnerable. And I think many of us feel that. So just know I'm with you in that. And so even with my husband, like, I don't always want him to see me cry. Like, even if it's something silly, like a movie, it's hard for me to let him see me get emotional, which is so silly. I obviously got some stuff to work on, but (laughs) that is just, I don't know where that comes from, but that's, that's where I'm at. And so, you know, if, if you feel that you're like, I don't want to let anyone in on this process. I don't want people to see me cry like that. Even my husband. Well, just know that I get it, but also we need that person, especially in this season. And so after my husband got home and I was processing this miscarriage, I just found out about I let my husband in on the crying and I laid on my bed and I ugly cried and he held me and he rubbed my back. And, you know, I know he was sad too, but I think for most guys, it's a little different. I know some guys are pretty affected by a miscarriage, but, um, I just have, have just heard that for a lot of guys, it's not, not the same because they haven't met that child. They haven't experienced that child the way that we have when we're carrying that child in our bodies. And so, you know, for him, he was more sad that for what I was going through. And so he was um, a support to me in that. And I let him just see that. And I let him in on what I was feeling. I remember after I was kind of done crying for a while, I was just trying to kind of just chill. And so we, we put on a show. (laughs) It was super triggering because the first episode is like about, I can't remember what the show is called. I think it's called Raising Hope. And the first episode is about how this girl gets accidentally pregnant. And that was so triggering for me. And I got so upset at him. And I didn't even want to, like, share with him why. You know, I hesitated. But then I just shared with him, like, this this is upsetting because this makes me think about what happened. And not in, like, a helpful way where I'm processing and going through my emotions. But this is, like, where I'm just trying to, like wind down, prepare for bed, maybe not just think only about this. And it's just bringing me back to that pain. And so I shared that with him and I let him in on what I was thinking and feeling and, and just let him be there for me and let him be in on the messiness of it. And so you need someone like that to be there with you in the mess, to just sit with you while you cry, 
to rub your back, to give you a hug. And, and don't be scared. Like whatever you need, make sure you tell this person. Cause sometimes people don't know what you need. Maybe they want to try and make you feel better because that's a natural thing to do, right? Is to encourage someone you don't like to see them in pain. And so they might try and do that. And if that's not what you need in that moment, you just need to be clear in a kind way and say, Hey, actually, could you just sit with me right now? That's all I need. It's just literally let's sit in silence. Can you be that person for me right now? And you know what? If you just are that direct with them, I guarantee you they are going to be able to do that. Like, that is amazing. So whatever you need, if, if you want to talk about memories, like say, can we talk about our memories with this person? Whatever it is, just be direct with that person and let them in on the mess. The other per- kind of person that I think that we need in these moments is someone who has walked a similar path. Someone that has been through something similar and we need to go with this person and talk about all of the details of what we're feeling and what it's like. And so this person, maybe it's the same person that's supporting you, rubbing your back and being there with you. But a lot of times people that we're that close to, unless that loss impacts them in the same way, it might be someone different because they're not in exactly the same space that you are. They might not have experienced that. And so these can be different people. And I know for me with my miscarriage, that's exactly what it was. You know, my husband was there in the messiness and supporting me and talking with me. But then I had another friend that had uh, just recently had a miscarriage and I asked to go to breakfast with her and we sat down and we both just shared all of it, all of the details of what it felt like, what was going on in our minds, what was going on in our hearts, what our bodies were doing, what, what, what the process I hadn't gone through in my body yet, what, what I was going to have to do next. Um, the details about what that would feel like, the details about like the decisions you have to make when you have a miscarriage and, and all of the things that I don't want to go into too much detail there. Cause I know it can be triggering for some people, but you know, there's just so many details and, and some of them aren't emotional. They're just like this thing that you have to walk through. I know even if someone has lost um, a, a loved one that's close, like a parent, they have to figure out what to do with all of their belongings. And that's something so practical, but yet it's tied to so many emotions. And so talking through that, talking through what it's like to plan someone's funeral and, and there's so many practical things you have to do. And yet you're trying to process and, and just the complications there, like talk through it all. And I can just tell you that in this conversation with my friend, it was one of the most healing things. And she didn't really have any like specific advice for me when she had walked through it. She said, you know, I actually didn't do a good job at walking through it. I used alcohol to numb out and I I shouldn't have done that. And, you know, she was still kind of processing through it, but it was just having someone there that I could be open with and that knew exactly what I was feeling. And so find that person, someone that you know, maybe you're close to them. Maybe you're not that close. Like I honestly wasn't super close to her at the time. And now we're super close. Uh, this actually kind of brought us even closer together. So it doesn't have to be like a best friend. It can just be someone you know that has experienced that, a similar kind of loss. Now, I know, know it's not going to be exactly the same. We all have different stories, different experiences, different relationships. But if you can find someone that is in the same ballpark, like that is so healing. And just spend time with them and be open and honest. And um, don't be scared to talk about the, the details because it is so freeing. All right. The next one that I have for you, number five, this one's 
pretty challenging. Um, There's just no easy way to do this, but it's so important. And this is that in the middle of this, in the middle of your grief, you need to worship. In the middle of the valley, when the darkness feels like it's coming down on you, you need to worship. God is, is always good. No matter what it feels like, no matter what it seems like, he is always good. And there's something about worship that aligns our spirits with God's spirit. It puts us in, in this posture of it. That's how we are designed is to worship. And so when we get into this alignment with his spirit, that is the most healing, freeing thing. And, and there's never been a greater time where you need that. There's never been a, a, a moment where you need that more, where you need to be more aligned with the spirit and, and have a posture that is going to help you come alive and heal. And so whatever you need to do to get into this place, figure out how to worship. Now, this might just look like getting into that space that you've created to process and turning on some worship music and letting it play. And maybe for a while, you're just weeping and you're just crying out to God, maybe even screaming. And you hear the words and you don't feel them and you don't want to sing along. That's okay. Just keep letting it play and keep crying. Keep talking to God. Keep getting through it. And maybe the first day you don't, you don't sing along. Maybe the first day you're just crying. Maybe the first week you're just crying. Maybe the first month you're just crying. But in that space that you've created, that processing time, every time, try and end it or begin it or, or the whole time, whatever, whatever feels right, turn on some worship music. And just every day, try and take a small step forward. Every time that you go there and you turn on that music, just try and take a step forward. Maybe you begin just by raising your hands and you say, God, I don't feel this, but I am standing in faith that you are good. And you put up your hands and, and maybe the next day you just get down on your knees and you bow before the Lord and you don't say anything and you just know that you're honoring him by just kneeling before him. And then maybe the next time you, you sing a verse and you let yourself go there. Maybe it's just saying, God, I know these words are true. I don't feel them right now, but I trust that you're good. And you just keep listening to the words. Because what's happening when that music is playing? Worship music Again, it aligns our spirits with God, but it also has lyrics that remind us of who God is. It reminds us of, of his character and that we can trust him and that he's good and that he's bigger than ourselves. He's bigger than we can imagine. It reminds us in the darkest valley, he's there. It, it has a scripture in it that is going to awaken our spirit. Like there's just so much there. And so as you go, work towards worshiping. And if, you, if you're ready, just go there. Go all out. Worship God. Even when you're feeling the heaviest pain, throw your hands up. Sing the words to him and praise him because that's what you're made to do. And, and I promise you that God is good even in the valley. He's so good. And the thing is, like, this requires faith. 
it requires God's strength to do this. And he will give you that strength. You know, I, I remember after my miscarriage and I, it was the next day after I'd found out about it and I finally got to sit down alone with God and process it. And, you know, there was this beautiful miracle that God confirmed his voice and I got this phone call and you can go hear the story in episode two. But but in that moment, God gave me this new strength to get through this hard moment. And I wrote this in my journal and I don't share any of this to brag and say, wow, I'm so great. Look at what I got through and how I did this. It's because this literally is God in me. This, there's no way this is my own strength, but I wrote this and this is less than 24 hours after hearing the news that I lost my baby. Um, and it was December 31st, right before 2020. And I wrote this, it says, I lift my hands and surrender my plans to the one who planned the earth. I choose to trust, I choose to worship, I choose to look and wait in expectation for the good. Happy New Year indeed. And I get emotional every time I read that because it just brings me back to that space where it was still painful and I still had to walk through the details of how to get this baby out of my body and, and, and process this and put away my maternity clothes and all the things that I was grieving. I was still in the middle of it, but yet God gave me this strength to worship him in the midst of it. And he will give you that strength too. So turn your eyes to him, let him make you strong and, and let lift your hands because he's good no matter what. And he promises to turn all pain for good, but we have to turn to him for our strength in these times. So make space to process. Don't hold back. Let yourself go there. Do not numb out. Bring in others. Worship from the valley. And the last one is know that the pain won't go away, but it will be redeemed. So, you know, before I share this, I just want to touch on the stages of grief. I think most of us have heard of these. You've probably Googled them if you've been curious about it in the past. And I just think it's helpful to just remember that there are different stages of what this is going to feel like. There's no right or wrong way to go through these. There's no certain amount of time they should each last, but you're going to feel and think different things at different times. And so, you know, the first one is denial, just this first shock of what happened and, and wanting to believe that it's not true. And this can sometimes last a while and sometimes it's just for a moment, but we're all going to have that. Most of us, you know, I don't want to say all of us because you don't have to go through all of these stages, but this is most people will follow this path. Just that moment of not wanting to believe that it's real. Uh, the next one is anger. And so that's why I want you to just let it out. It's normal to have anger. It's normal to be angry at God. It's normal to be angry at yourself, at others. You need to process through that and, and handle it in a healthy way. But it is normal and it is okay. And so take all of that to God and to your people that we were talking about and process through that. The next stage is bargaining. And this is kind of one I made reference to. And this is kind of that moment where you say like, if only I had done this differently, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Or I wish I would have reached out to them more. Or I wish I would have been this way. Or maybe if I would have done X, Y, Z, we could have avoided this, right? Like it's, it's those thoughts of, I wish I would have done something better. 
Maybe I could have prevented it. Maybe I would have felt better about this because I would have invested more intentionally in this relationship. This phase is going to come, and I think it's one of the most painful phases, um, just because there's a lot of like self-blame, and you can easily put so too much on yourself, and you need to feel those things and think those things. But again, like I was saying before, make sure you don't land there because that's not true. It's 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 okay to walk through those thoughts, but that's not the truth you need to land on. The next stage is depression. And I don't even really like calling it that um, because I think just in our culture, depression is this label that feels like it's forever. Uh, it's It feels like it's this thing that um, you're labeled with and now you live in that and you need medication for it. And um, all of these things are now true about you. And maybe not all of you feel that way about that word, but I just know um, from my experience uh, in working in the mental health field and just having conversations, I just hesitate to use that word because of uh, the connotation it brings. So I might even call this sadness, though <laughs> that doesn't fully do it justice, right? Like maybe mourning is a better word. Um, or maybe even lament. You know, there's actual psalms written in the Bible that are called psalms of lament. And this is where people are crying out in agony to God about what is happening. And I love that that's in the Bible because it tells us it's okay to do that. It's okay to feel that way. It's okay to talk to God in that space and to be completely open and vulnerable and real. And so maybe that's what I would call this phase is just lament is, is that, that darkness where you're in the sadness, you're in the deep heaviness of it. And that is a hard place to be. So make sure you're not alone in there. And then the last phase is acceptance. So acceptance comes and it sounds like, okay, that sounds better. I like that. And I think in some ways it feels lighter because this is now the reality that you have come to terms with. You can now move on. Uh, And I hesitate to say that because I know we don't want to move past. We're not forgetting them. We're not saying... um, my life is, is I'm just going to forget about them, but we're saying they have impacted my life. They are now gone. I'm going to take what I learned. I'm going to take the beauty of the relationship and I'm going to help let it inform who I am and what I do. And that's what I think acceptance is. Now, the thing is with acceptance, it doesn't mean the pain is now gone. It doesn't mean that you feel better. It doesn't mean that you're not going to keep having these moments of weeping or these memories that just in an instant can bring you down. But it's, it's this, like I said, ability to embrace what you learn, embrace the beauty and let it impact you in a good way. And that's the thing about pain is that God promises to redeem it. He promises to turn every bad thing for good for those who love him. And so he will take this, this heaviness, this unbelievable pain, and he will turn it for good if we let him. But the pain will be there. And this is, you know, what I've heard and I've experienced this in little ways with the friends I've lost with my miscarriage, but I know I've heard from people that have lost parents that, you know, it's, it's still there. 
Every time they think about that person, it's that pain is still there. And that doesn't just go away. It comes less often and the sting lessens, but it doesn't go away. And I think that's part of the acceptance is just saying, okay, this is the new reality and that pain will be there and I'm going to carry that with me and I'm going to let God redeem that pain and I'm going to let him use that pain to remind me of the beauty that was before me and it will help inform the beauty that's ahead of me. So I know that leaves us in almost just an uncomfortable place, right? It's not that like easy resolution. It's not that pretty tied up bow. It's messy. It's human. It's grief. And that's what it looks like. And I don't have any perfect answers for you. And I know your own story is going to hold even more complication and more mess. But just know you're not alone in that. And that that mess is is part of the beauty of it. And that God's going to redeem every bit of that mess. It's okay. And it's okay to keep hurting. Like, don't feel guilty or like you're doing something wrong when those moments of pain come up. Just notice them. And just like you've been practicing with that intentional space of processing, kind of take it as a moment, like a mini moment to do that again and process that and feel that and turn it to God and turn it into worship. And know God's going to meet you right there in the middle of your heartache. He promises that he's near to the brokenhearted. So as we wrap this up, I just want to say that I'm honored to share this space with you. And I know it will get better. It will not be perfect, but it will get better. And I just would love to pray for you. God, I I don't feel worthy to have this conversation. God, the heaviness of grief can be so consuming, God. And I know that some of the mamas listening are right in the middle of that, God. And I know you see them. You know exactly what they're feeling. You know exactly what pain has has come upon them, God. And you're right there in the mess with them. And God, I just thank you that you don't shy away from messes. I thank you that you want us to be real, that you want us to be open with you, that you want to meet us in the ugliness of it all, God. And I just pray you would invade the lives of the mamas that are in the middle of this grief, God, that you would just transform these moments, God, and help them to, when they feel this pain, it would be a reminder that they're not alone. A reminder that you're right there with them, God. A reminder that you want to redeem every tear that's drops, God. A reminder that you are good even in the valley, Lord. And I just pray that you would give them the strength to worship. I pray you would give them the strength to fix their eyes on you, God. And I pray you would just comfort them, God. Help them to go there to cry out to you, to be real and authentic with you. Help them to, to create the space that they need to process this, God. And, and I just pray, God, that you would surround them with your goodness, God, the strength of your arms, God, and it would comfort them. God, I thank you for your goodness that we can always stand firmly on, God. 
We love you and we praise you in the midst of it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you so much, Mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you.